bullshit, it's all just um gay politics. America's gotten kind of whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that, cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A A A A A S. This shit is trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. Hey everybody, welcome to Dumb Gay Pandemic Politics. I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast where we talk about the week in coronavirus politics, like we're talking about reality TV. And happy Memorial Day, Meow Meow. Happy Memorial Day. It was a big holiday weekend. And yes, I want to say to the listener who goes by the hooker troll phone number of nine eight three seven six two, you're a dumb bitch. We went ahead and took the day off of our free salaryless job. I'm sorry that you didn't get your free content that you don't pay for in the time frame that you demand it, as evidenced by the wonderful iTunes review that you left for us on May nineteenth, which said fun podcast when they bother to release new episodes i've subscribed to this podcast several times but i always end up unsubscribing because they just don't post new episodes with any kind of consistency too bad because these ladies have a great banner and make political news a little more accessible and fun um i'm pretty sure that other than the week in january where my uncle bill died of covid and i almost lost half of my extended family and then the first week of may when julie got a full fucking knee replacement and basically a full lobotomy we have posted an episode every single motherfucking week for five motherfucking years five with the exception of july 4th that's the only time that we have taken off i don't care how many ads you hear know this we don't get paid for this. So let me remind everyone, whether you get it on Tuesday mornings at 12.01 a.m. or Tuesday nights at 11.59 p.m. or on Wednesday or Thursday, it's free and we don't need your notes, babe. I mean, I, you know what? You, I'm going, I, I'm sorry I so took, because so we both can't be enraged, uh, but. I'm trying to, <laughs> I thought that uh, during the opioid epidemic, there's part, there's times during the day where I'm, like really dead yeah inside and then there's times where i'm i feel like the adrenaline um of just the pain in the knee can then push through the body which then can lift a car in rage and um so i'm just gonna try and find a compromise right now but like exactly what you just said i'm i just i i I don't know what to say i honestly don't know what to say i I just i i love the hot irony of people being offended when the free content that they don't pay for isn't there well that's the whole thing it's just but i do have to say thank you for the review i mean honestly (laughs) like even if it's late i mean i don't mean to pile on and piggyback on exactly what you just said but so what if it's late and, by well, and, late, it's, and it's late every week. And it's to be like, fair, fine, it's late every week. Fine. It's late every week, but a quote unquote. But really, the but the, the but the other truth is the other truth is yes. It can't be late because there's no actual schedule because we're not getting 
paid because this isn't a real job. Yeah. So Again, it goes I, up when it goes up. It's definitely necessary to repeat. Oh no matter how many ads you hear. And I know that's the other bad review we recently got, <laughs> which it's, it's an endless promo, you know. And also, if you feel like they're always late, then change in your mind and tell yourself it comes out on Thursday and then you'll be excited every week. <laughs> No matter what day it comes out. I am glad that that honestly that they left a review because I feel very sure that it is one of our 14 listeners <laughs> just trying to let us know like bitches cut the shit. And and sometimes you do need, you know, somebody to come in and although it didn't work because I because this because this one's late and it was a True. holiday weekend True. and I knew that review was there and was like, say la vie, guess you'll be unsubscribing and then resubscribing and then unsubscribing and then resubscribing. Um, but we do want reviews and we do not care if they're bad at all. Well, um, yeah. mm -hmm. I don't. So um, I would like the that person who is clearly one of our 14 listeners to create another fake account and leave another 15 <laughs> bad reviews so that. All right. Well, I want this person to create a company that can go ahead and hire us and make this a. Uh, not that it's not well, they a could job. go join the Patreon and then they'll oh, and then true. they'll get a lot of inconsistency. <laughs> now, we do <laughs> we do put the Patreons up now, you know, uh, Julie's knee surgery notwithstanding cuz the bitch did, like I said, get a full on lobotomy too and about lost her damn mind. Mm -hmm. But and we are in the full drug epidemic and we were anyways, but now we're in like a new one, but um an additional one. <laughs> yeah. Um we put those up every week too without fail but sometimes they go up at the last they'll go up the very last day of the week sometimes that shit goes up on sunday and yeah. it's just like but they still go up and they go up every week so you know they this person could join the patreon and but again we want to get to 2021 reviews mm -hmm. in the year 2021 oh, 21 and that's only 25 more reviews, my man. We have 1896. So, oh, so. so if this master troll could go on and leave us 15 more bad reviews, that will only leave 10 like real ones we got to get. Oh, we could get 25 bad ones easily in a easily. week. Easily. So come on, guys. Let's get on there. Let's leave some more reviews about how we're always inconsistent, but also with a good compliment at the end. So that's pretty good for a bad, a bad review. Yeah, if they're going to be bad, then it, that's two stars out of five. Now let's 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 rinse the the bad vibes that I go on, go on. started the podcast out with with Diana Hurd. Okay, this is not the person who left the bad review. Okay. Diana is a supportive, fucking sexy angel, and sent us a sexy box of treats. The box was so huge <laughs> that the shipping alone was $50 because mm -hmm. I feel like I looked at the and I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Diana, like you're you're lucky you sent a picture because I would be <laughs> furious at you. And literally on the back, she wrote per the rules. Yes. Per the rules. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm like, bitch, are you kidding with that? This box? It was smart food popcorn. And Diana, I got to let you know. Julie ate the popcorn. <laughs> oh, I mean, with it. I mean that that very day. I ate the popcorn the very day, and I also want to let you know, I am now just two microwave popcorn bags left. I've been eating it every day. Oh, that's right, because then there was some pop secret. I thought a a single tear trickled out the side of her fucking eye when she saw that microwave popcorn, because it's like that is a treat. A treat. I, I mean, yeah. just. And mm -hmm. it's like, you know what, Diana? Now, this is why I have, I'm on a diet because of that Chex Mix. Oh, my God. Because we Chex killed Mix. that Chex Mix. Three kinds of <laughs> Chex 
party mix, which is, and it's all the like next level flavors, like like the super yeah, like zesty robust ones. zesty. Yeah, exactly. Cheddar robes. Which we haven't been able to really have because we haven't flown and we always get yep. the robust zesty fucking. Right. Chex mix. The, the what's the that main Bold. yeah we get it when we fly and we haven't been able and so it was like mm-hmm. we just immediately Julie had her leg up and she'd be like can you hand me can I have some of the Chex mix I'm like no you have your popcorn but then I would share with the little and we that's exactly the moment yeah. that the the diet that it was it, it this is when it all started Diana so <laughs> I want you to know um five boxes of Nature's Valley granola bars okay. <laughs> And five extra large boxes of Kleenex. The Kleenex. Kleenex also has been put to good use. Well, what is the back of her? So so Diana sent a very adorable selfie. And she says, per the rules, here's a pic of my unphotogenic suck it selfie self. A belated may the fourth be with you. Feel better, Julie, and stay sane-ish, Brandy. Diana, a.k.a. Salem writer. Salem, where my brother lives. Now, Diana, I want to say she her picture is so cute. Yep. It's a blatant headshot. It's yep. the perfect size. And she's wearing a mask. And I'm just kind of like I've lately been thinking like how it's kind of weird that now there's been some TV shows and whatnot, but there hasn't been any movies. There wasn't one movie that came out in 2020 and there won't be one movie that comes out this year that will have anybody in masks like it won't be now in 10 years they'll do a like like a movie and it will happen during the pandemic and it'll be like you know what i mean yeah it'll be called pandemic yeah or the covid chronicles something even if it's not about the pandemic but they'll be wearing masks it'll be a story that took place in 2020 yep and but it's weird i was thinking like yeah but it's weird that there's no like you know, there's no like motion picture that mm. exists of the art of the, you know, involving the pandemic. Right. And now we have this this picture for our drug damn bulletin mm-hmm. board of someone in a mask, mm-hmm. Diana, mm-hmm. that we always can have. And it's just kind of like a commemorative kind yes. of like COVID. Commemorative COVID pick. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to make room <laughs> for for the Salem writer in the middle of the drug damn bulletin board so that we got we got like we can have the COVID commemoration. You know what I mean? Oh, that's good. So it's smack dab in the middle. Yeah. And everyone should know Brandy spent the day the other day rearranging the bulletin board and like making room for all the new picks. And it looks phenom. Uh, Diana says, hey, guys. Hey, guys. Hope you two are holding up post slice and dice. Long time fan. You really wanted to do the whole beginning in that. <laughs> do it in the Australian accent. That whole beginning. Hey, guys. How are you? D- hey, guys. How are you two holding up post slice and dice? Yeah, slice and dice is what really gotcha. You wanted to do slice and dice. <laughs> slice and dice, guys. Long time fan. We can only do things. I can only do certain words. Yeah, like slice, dice, guys. Slice vibe. and dice, guys. <laughs> DGP may have kept me from a long prison sentence for killing my Trump-loving family and co-workers. Not gonna lie, a little late to the Patreon, but now totally addicted. If I may help with the plug. Oh, excuse you, by all means. <laughs> help away. People! She wrote people, in caps, underlined. Get it together and join the Legion on the Patreon. That's www.patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics. <laughs> For less than your daily Starbucks order, you get two episodes a week of laughing so hard I almost crashed my car episodes. Thank God for adaptive cruise control. You know what? That's from someone who said they're late to the party. <laughs> so there's see, there's people out there trying to fucking 
you know what sit on the pot too long <laughs> and you need to try it because there that is an actual real plug from a real wow. purveyor like a and real surveyor person. yeah nice. <laughs> julie needs to pay for the bionic knee and i'm sure brandy could use some more vodka by now i'm on champagne right now diana <laughs> and thank you for thinking of me that's also why i need fucking going to diet <laughs> Ugh. you two have gotten this single ass lesbian through this ongoing covid saga Thanks for the uncontrollable laughter and friendly voices soothing my quarantine-induced hermetic loneliness. So here are some goodies shipped to you from Witch City Mass. Hope it brightens your day. Love, Diana, a.k.a. Salem Writer. P.S. Legal says my car accidents, <clears throat> for reals, is only a matter of time, are the fault of the driver and not the podcast or my plug of said podcast, a.k.a. Patreon. P.P.S. I know the rules. My god-awful pick will arrive at a completely different time to add more confusion and mystery to your lives. Yep, we went ahead and waited for the pick <laughs> and ate everything in the meantime, and it was well worth the wait. And I gotta say, like, if you're, you know, a single lesbo rocking it up in, in Salem, <laughs> we, I think Kayla, Kayla um, is a, a, a single lesbian from Boston. Oh. We have some, you know, other... You know what? I had an idea. What is it? I think my brother should hold a Patreon. A lesbian meet and greet? Well, and if you're, or if you're not a lesbian, you're just whoever, oh. in the Salem area, and you all just want to get together for a meet and greet just, just to be friends. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean. He loves barbecuing. He loves smoking <laughs> his meats. And I mean that literally smoking actual meats. He has like that very expensive smoker. Yeah. He loves doing all that stuff. Very He cliche. loves to be social. He loves drinking and hanging out and talking and yelling at you. I mean, come on. Uh, and I'm sure every lesbian is going to line up for that. That sounds wonderful <laughs> to them. Now, that does sound fun to me, though. I would love uh, to well, get so, to have him provide me with free meat and free alcohol and then he can sit and talk at me while you are annoyed. That sounds like a fucking great day. We should actually go visit him just so that can happen. Yeah, but doesn't that sound fun? Yeah, it sounds fun to me. And Salem is, uh, as people know, like, uh, Diana, what a cool place to live. You are in Witch City. I want to go walk through the witches' houses and sit by the water and smoke meat and drink and have fun. Well, either way, Kayla lives in Boston, and I'm, she might not be single anymore by now, but when she sent her treats of the cool, like, vintage shirts, she was mm. single at that time. Mm. So Rocket... Um, Get in touch. Uh, actually, I don't think Kayla's on the Patreon, so I don't know how you guys will get in touch. Maybe you guys should go on and leave reviews um, <laughs> with your with your numbers, and, and you guys can check each other and find each other in the reviews. Um, thank you. Thank you so much, Diana. We really appreciate it. Now, Anne Flora sent us, because there was two of them, a grabber. Oh, yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, it's called a reacher grabber. Um and she says, enjoy your gift from Anne Flora. Okay, so that was not a lot of information there, but I'm going to assume the reacher grabber is due to the fact that you are basically like an amputee for yes, a minute. exactly. And so you can stay from your area on the couch <laughs> and... It's such a baller grabber. It you is. could literally pick up Pee Wee by his sweatshirt. <laughs> I could. You could like grab the hood of his sweatshirt and pick him up with it. And I mean, I haven't tried it yet, but you know what? Now I'm going to today. Uh, those like 
the speaking of granola bars, you know, the granola bars are above the cabinet in the kitchen. They're up high and I eye them and I want to eat them. But with my current state, it's just those. I just look at them and I go so far, but I can get them now with the grabber. I mean, I took one home because I usually use basically like a like a soup spoon. Ah. I, I will reach up to my very top shelf uh, in my cabinet that and that's like where the paper towels are. Right. So when I need it, I can I mean I'm pretty tall so I can pretty much reach everything. Yeah, you're But mm-hmm. if it's I like the super super high cabinets where you would normally have to get like a like a tiny step stool. Yes. I just go up and I use a soup spoon and I just like knock it down. Like also right. I have like the wee wee pads up there. Mm-hmm. So if I ever go somewhere or if it rains I'll put wee wee pads down because those motherfuckers won't go outside in the rain and I have to go up use the fucking soup spoon and knock the wee wee pads and they fall into my face and the paper towels fall into my face now got the grabber don't have to do that that's like you know very very baller shit and it's funny because I just went to my cousin Leah her little daughter Amira at her birthday Mm -hmm. and my mom was there and I and when I was in the bathroom they have a little stool for Amira and Aria her little girls to like wash their hands Mm -hmm. and I was like one I thought about stealing it because I'm a gross person (laughs) and then I said why don't you just go ask Leah it was like cute like for kids Mm -hmm. and it was and I thought I so I told my mom I go I really want that stool do you think (laughs) Leah will notice if it's gone and she's like yes and then she said I just got a stool and you know I wanted the stool for you Oh. Because I was mm-hmm. like, you can step on your your little useless legs and get on the, the stool and reach things in your kitchen, and now you don't need it. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, see, that's the thing, Paula. Like, you <laughs> are tall and can get a spoon and can do stuff, and I can't. Yeah, well, the grabber is the poo, so take a big whiff. <laughs> Thank you, Anne. All right, now it's time for JoJo and Kiki. Lock the doors, lower the blinds, a fire up the smoke machine, and put on your heels. Because I know exactly what we need. Jojo and Kiki. I want to have a Kiki. Lock the doors. Hey. Jojo and Kiki. Motherfucker. I'm going to let you have it. Jojo and Kiki. I want to have a Kiki. Die, turn, work. Jojo and Kiki. We are going to serve. And work. And turn. And hunt, hunt, honey. All right, so. It really wasn't a busy week in terms of tangible JoJo and Kiki, quote unquote, getting things done news. It was a busy week for them in terms of milestones, like the one year anniversary of George Floyd's death, the 100 year anniversary of the Tulsa, Oklahoma race massacre, and the second time in history that a black woman led the White House press briefing. And per usual, it was a busy week in Congress of getting nothing done. Thanks to Republicans and their cock-blocking racism, sexism, and classism. Yep, they voted down and effectively killed a bipartisan commission to investigate the Crunchwrap Capitol insurrection, which should have surprised no one, but everyone on cable news was completely shooketh. And then they cock-blocked JoJo and Kiki's infrastructure bill for so long that Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg finally had to give Republicans in Congress a deadline of June 5th to get a counterproposal into Biden or they're going to go ahead and move forward with the vote without them. Mm. But you're right. That isn't news. In the words of Rancid Pubis, <laughs> it's a big old nothing burger. Until next week, at least. That's right. And we try in the JoJo and Kiki segment to celebrate the tangible news of their actionable actions that bring actual actionable action change to our actual <laughs> lives. 
And right now, they've got a lot of balls in the air, and hopefully some land soon. And hopefully when they do, they also land some money in all our bank accounts. Well, that's what actionable actions that bring actual change into our actual lives really means. We want Jojo and Kiki to do stuff that helps us all make more motherfucking money. (laughs) And every single thing that they have on the table from the George Floyd police reform bill to the voting rights bill would all result in helping even out the disgusting and despicable income gap (laughs) in this country. Which, yes, we're on the wrong end of (laughs) as well. Uh But they're all nothing burgers in any case Mm -hmm. until they're not. So we will tell everyone this week about some actionable actions that Kiki is taking on the enormous immigration problem that we have at our southern border. So... If you're one of our regular 14 listeners and you're not the 939245674 and 24 who unsubscribes regularly, then you may remember us talking shit about reporters during Hot Saki for Lunch because they were criticizing Kamala Harris for not going down to visit the southern border after Joe Biden appointed her as the lead on the immigration task force. And White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki repeatedly had to tell them that Kamala Harris's responsibility is dealing with the root problem of immigration, which is in the Northern Triangle, and she's not responsible for dealing with the border part of the immigration problem. Right. The specific issues and challenges at the border in terms of overcrowding, human rights, asylum, etc. All of those things are dealt with first by the Department of Homeland Security, which is Ale, 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 Alejandro <laughs> Mayorkas. Mm-hmm. And then after that, the responsibility moves to the Department of Health and Human Services, which is led by Javier Becerra Becerra. <laughs> Those two guys are worth the price of fucking admission alone. They are both absolute fucking stars. We are obsessed with them. We love them so much. And then you throw in Kamala Harris to deal with the root cause of the issue down in the Northern Triangle. And I really wouldn't be surprised if they solve a decades old problem that every administration procrastinates and punts down the line to the next administration in one single fucking term. (laughs) And I'm just wondering when I'm like looking through the White House website and just seeing the the extensive work that Kamala Harris has done on this already. It's insane. The depth. And I'm like, is this what like administrations do like stuff like that (laughs) it's pretty and very impressive it's very very impressive right which is why we hate the reporters who go to the white house press (laughs) briefings they literally could not get the concept that kamala harris is in charge of the northern triangle visiting the border would do nothing to help her troubleshoot the root cause of immigration because that starts in the northern triangle (laughs) god and what is the northern triangle memo the Northern Triangle. <laughs> I was going to make a puss-puss joke, but I decided not to. Okay. Mm, so. But you kind of did anyways, <laughs> didn't you? The Northern Triangle is basically three countries in Central America. Central America is below Mexico between North America and South America. The Northern Triangle is one of the poorest regions in the Western Hemisphere. And the three countries in it are El Salvador, Honduras, and Guatemala. People from the Northern Triangle are leaving in droves and becoming refugees because of rampant and widespread violence, poverty, and corruption. So if we want to deal with immigration, we got to deal with the widespread poverty, violence, and corruption. Otherwise, people will keep leaving to come here. And that's basically what Kiki said this week when she held a summit with 12 private sector companies to discuss economic development in that area. She said that the work she's been doing in that region has been guided by two major principles, okay? The first one is that most people 
don't want to leave home. Mm-hmm. They don't want to leave the language they speak. Mm-hmm. They don't want to leave the families they love. And they don't want to leave the culture they know. They just don't. And when they do decide to leave home, it's usually going to be under duress because they're fleeing imminent harm. Right. Or because they're fucking starving and they literally will die if they stay there because there's no opportunity to feed their families or themselves. So then she said the second principle that is guiding her work in the Northern Triangle is that the Biden-Harris administration and the United States government has the capacity to give people their hope. Mm. And the hope is that if they stay, help is on the way. But she said the only way for the Biden-Harris administration to provide help is through partnerships with the private sector, which is why she held the meeting. At the meeting in front of all the private sector industry leaders, she announced the White House's official call to action for businesses to invest in the Northern Triangle. She said she's looking for everything from digital inclusion to workforce development. She said the private sector will be crucial in creating jobs, providing economic opportunity, and enabling long-term development. At the meeting, she announced several huge United States companies who were at the meeting, but they had already committed to investing there. Mm. So MasterCard said they're going to partner across sectors to bring 5 million people in the region into the digital economy Mm. and to support 1 million small businesses. Microsoft has committed to working with partners in the region to expand broadband access for up Mm. to 3 million people in the next year. Wow. Now, that's huge. It's like huge. huge. That's huge. I mean, Bill Gates must be excited. He's got 3 million more people he can give sell the vaccine to. (laughs) And Nespresso agreed to expand coffee sourcing activities in Uh, Guatemala mm. and to start coffee sourcing activities in Honduras and El Salvador, Mm. which will support local communities and farming communities with a minimum of $150 million in purchases, price premiums, and technical assistance. That's great. And And those are just three huge companies who had already made commitments to invest in the Northern Triangle prior to her call to action and prior to the meeting. In total, there are 12 so far and counting. The call to action is out there. It's real. And there are real actionable actions laid out on the White House website with a guide for any individual or any private sector business that wants to get involved. They created a nonprofit called the Partnership for Central America specifically for this work. If anyone would like to know more or get their company involved, you can email support at centampartnership.org. C-E-N-T-A-M partnership.org. Kiki's going to have the Northern Triangle on and popping by 2024. I'm saying it. I'm doing it. I'm calling it right now. And then she's going to be president. All this talk about the Northern Triangle has me just so thirsty for some hot sake for lunch. our segment called hot sake for lunch where we give you the latest and greatest from the past week's white house press briefing starring none other than white house press secretary jen sake jen sake is our cunty queen and although she's only been on the job for four months and two weeks she's already our favorite part of 2021 now before we can serve hot sake for lunch we have to remind everyone that just because we identify as democrats doesn't mean that we don't hate most of the lamestream liberal news media. 
particularly the ones who go to these press briefings. Peter Alexander, we're looking at you, sir. Yes, we hate almost all of them. If you've heard of them, we generally can't stand them. No exceptions. The only journalists we like in that room are randoms from small news websites that no one's heard of. The reporters in the briefings are so caught up in being unbiased that their questions come across as argumentative, entitled, and unproductive. Like, we finally got people in the White House who are looking to pass progressive policies and inclusive legislation, and these twits are over here throwing salt in the game every second. Ring, ring, press corps residents. <laughs> Hi there, is your mom home? Because I want to let her know that Republicans don't need MSNBC reporters to defend their concerns at the White House press briefings. They have their own hookers from Fox to do that for them. CNN and MSNBC and the Washington Post and the New York Times and Politico and Fox and all the rest spent the last four years in a ratings wet dream because Trump is the king of headline porn. And he got every single thirst bucket reporter addicted to it. And they're all showing up to the White House press room trying to comfort Jojo and Kiki through Jen Psaki. And it's a disgrace. (laughs) What they need to do is take their pathetic thirst on a COVID vacation off the grid somewhere where they can unplug and do a nice long Trump detox and not come back until they learn how to act right. Exactly. Poor Jen Psaki has to deal with these dicks every day. And I don't know how she does it. The bitch needs to retire and go be a life coach because her patience and self-control are literally fucking unparalleled. I mean, just the amount of times she has to repeat herself (laughs) will have me screaming at the TV like, motherfucker, she's answered that question four times already. And sometimes they ask the dumbest fucking questions like why? Literally, the only reason they're asking is to stir up shit and create drama for headlines. They either want to rile up Fox News or they want to rile up big corporations or they want to rile up the super Democrats who get mad at everything. Here's Mary Bruce from ABC at last Tuesday's press briefing asking a shit stirring virtue signaling question about the police reform bill. A question that has no real answer or purpose other than to irritate Jen Psaki. Mission accomplished, bitch. And to make Jojo and Kiki look bad, which the only way to do that is to catch Jen Psaki sleeping, which is never going to happen. So that mission failed. We've actually gone back and have been talking to some of the police reform advocates, some of the victims' families who met with the president during the campaign to kind of get their perspective on on action or lack thereof coming out of Washington. Oh, have you? And some of them have expressed some real frustration that they feel that the president could be doing more here, that he could be putting more public pressure on Congress. Um, Your response to that, and why aren't we seeing him today, for instance, come out and speak publicly and trying to urge more action here? You know what my response is? Bug it, Mary. You're a fucking tool. So just bug it. And if I may, Mamau, I'm going to do a little side note on Mary Bruce and the fallacy of COVID masks. Ah. This This little parable is called Mary Bruce and the fallacy of COVID masks. Now, in an earlier hot sake for lunch, uh, you and I did a 10 to 15 minute improv uh, where we basically reenacted Mary Bruce's unborn baby asking a bunch of dumb fucking annoying questions to Jen Psaki, which um, we cut out because it's it, it was as um, inappropriate as it sounds. And we went back and thought, huh, no one should ever hear that um, or do that again. Now, 
it's not going to change our mind on Mary Bruce and she's absolutely annoying as fuck, but we clearly like love her little baby that isn't even born yet. (laughs) Anyway, the crazy thing is, is that Mary seemed a lot bitchier behind the facade of her mask. Mm -hmm. And it's frustrating because I find myself not hating her as much now that I can see her whole face. And this is neither here nor there because she's obviously a thirst bucket who wants her face out for the world to see at these briefings. But I do have to say she is pregnant. And despite her aggressive shit stirring seeds of doubt sowing questions, she got the vaccine while she's pregnant. And that actually shows a real trust and belief in the American government. And also more specifically, in the JoJo and Kiki administration, mm. which she has so casually and conveniently criticized every single day <laughs> since January 20th. So we see you, Mary, mm. and lucky for you, your pretty face is working its magic. <laughs> now back to the fucking program. Well, we issued or are issuing, if it hasn't gone out yet, a public statement from the president in his name uh, commemorating the anniversary of the death of George Floyd, a moment that impacted him deeply personally, as it did millions of Americans. As you know, he's meeting with the family today. He wants that to be a private discussion. He has a close relationship with them, or they've really impacted him and their courage and grace over the last year, uh, and he felt it was important for that to be private. But look, I think we may just have a disagreement in terms of what the right strategic approach is to these negotiations. (laughs) disagree with Mary getting to the final outcome which we all want to see which is a bill that the president can sign into law I will say that we are very engaged with a range of groups around the country civil rights groups police reform Jen Saki groups and advocates about what they think is going to work and we've kept them abreast of whoever. what our strategy is I'll also note, though, that the president has also, while we've been pushing for this legislation, uh, he also, uh, when he was running for office, pledged to appoint DOJ leadership that would prioritize pattern or practice investigations, emphasize the importance of the Justice Department using the authority he spearheaded a senator to investigate systemic police misconduct. That's something the attorney general has already moved forward on. Um, And we also, in our initial budget call, what have you done today, Exactly. What have you done today? Several weeks ago, we called for increasing funding for the department of Justice's civil rights division by millions in, of dollars in order to advance, advance accountability and reform. So I would say we are continuing to press uh, in the way we feel is most effective and most constructive in coordination with the negotiators, but we also are taking additional steps that we can take and our administration can take to move forward accountability and justice. You know, they just need to, it's Mary does it, they all do it. The, there's a theme going, as we know, in the, in the yep. briefings of could he be doing more? Uh, Why isn't he talking more? Why isn't he pushing more? It's like, you are, you are the level of grasping at uh, nothing. The guy is nonstop working. He's done more in the last 107 days than I, I don't, I think Trump's ever done in an hour at work. Sorry. And all of the presidents, he's, he's, he has, blown them all out of the water every one of them right period just from his cabinet choices alone alone and the thing i love at the beginning of her question she's like we've gone back and talked to some of these victims oh "Oh, you have Uh, yeah yeah. you have you've reached back out just to hear people say it's not enough it will never be enough to victims of gun violence of course not because nothing will no because they lost something so precious and important Uh, he could shoot himself and it wouldn't be enough. Exactly. There's never going to be. So so save your fucking breath. You're goddamn annoying, Mary. Yeah. I do want to say that it was the year of, you know, the year anniversary of George Floyd. Mm-hmm. And I'm clearly like on one. And I sincerely apologize to the 14 listeners with my like 
untethered rage. But I completely like had some moment during these these briefings where because you know the police reform bill is getting brought Mm -hmm. up a lot and it was the year anniversary of like where i full-on fucking like cried like i it's just like why am i sitting here crying about this Mm -hmm. i'm a tool and because i thought about because there's like a ton of like things and i'm sure everyone's seen of like of joe biden um because he loves george floyd's little girl yes and the thing of her saying my my daddy's a hero or whatever like can't even talk about it so i just thought like we're so lucky that like (laughs) yeah yeah it's okay the emotions are (laughs) at an all-time high all over i just thought like we're so lucky that his family is like it's it a lot of people will have there be this like stupid thing about like don't say that he sacrificed his life because his life his life was taken from him and he didn't voluntarily sacrifice it but he did and it and it does it does almost seem like it to me it just especially at, like after the year it does almost seem like divine intervention or something because it's not just him it's his entire family and like the way that they have shown up mm-hmm. to the moment yeah like they didn't they're not showing up in this like like hyper negative divisive way like i remember when the like when the Derek chauvin like um verdict came down his brother, George Floyd's brother, you know, spoke to reporters outside and he said, like, this is a mo- this isn't just a moment for like, you know, for for black people or people who have, you know, experienced police brutality or it's a moment for anyone who's ever felt like the injustice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in life and who hasn't had advantages. And it just made me and it was just it, what he said was, and I'm paraphrasing it so badly, but it was just. I think that when Jen Psaki was reading the thing about the family and the, and 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 uh, JoJo and Kiki are going to meet with the family, or I'm assuming Kiki too, you know, is yeah. there too. She said that the the way the family has been showing up um, with grace, and I think that I have always tried to figure out or understand what grace is, and it's always confusing to me. To be honest yeah. with you, I don't really. And it was through watching that George Floyd's family talk after this horrendous, horrific thing happened where I understood what it meant. And the brother talking about that in with grace, with grace, with, with, with compassion for other people, with compassion for their own selves, with forgiveness for other people, asking for forgiveness for, um, for other people, for themselves, with also like a please understand us. It's it was it, there's something about it that's so, um, just loving and yeah, understanding and, and and inclusive and inclusive. So that the it's that it's like Mary Bruce. You want to know what he's doing, and you want to know what with the bill and thing. You know what happens with the bill. You know how Congress works. You don't need to ask that question. We all know what's going on. But what really what he's doing is he's sitting with that family. He's having a relationship with that family. He's connecting with that family. It isn't just a one time thing where they pop in the office and they walk off. You know that motherfucking Joe Biden has given every one of them his personal goddamn cell phone number, and he's going to have a relationship with him. And I guarantee you, mark my words, that little girl is going to have something to do with that Biden family for the rest of her life. Well, following Mary Bruce is yet another example of a seemingly nice and trusted reporter from a liberal cable news station falling prey to the thirsty bitch syndrome, asking a dumbass question, trying to stir up shit and get that headline. In this case, it's Kristen Welker from NBC and MSNBC. 
we all enjoy Kristen Welker and her perfect smile and her deep, serious news voice and her fertility journey. But Kristen needs to cut the shit with this thirst bucket Caitlin Collins bullshit. It really, it's really beneath her, okay? It is. No one is looking for Kristen Welker to comfort Joe Biden. Literally, no one. Go ahead. Thank you, Jen. Just to follow up on Mary's Thank questions. Thank you, Jen. Well, why are you following up on Mary's question, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kristen? Exactly. There's no need. That was a perfect answer from a perfect hot cup of sake. <laughs> yeah. We don't need you to fucking follow up. Nope. Anything that's going to fall out of your mouth right now is dumb. Why wouldn't the president use his bullet pulpit today? To and score. Mm. <sighs> Kristen, 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 I Kristen. Need, she was, it's like she woke up in the mo- morning and was talking to her husband was like, um, Babe, how can I possibly use the word bully pulpit today? Oh, exactly. And and it was like, huh, I don't know. Follow something Mary Bruce says, because, you know, she'll lead that way. She'll lead that way. Wonderful idea, babe. I'm going to do it. I just need to use the word bully pulpit today. I haven't used it in two weeks, and I need to use it, okay? I can honestly go the rest of my life and never hear it again. It's a dumb, annoying word. It's a dumb, annoying it's word. Just and annoying. It's a dumb, annoying question. The sound of the word sucks. Bully pulpit. Yeah, it's too much. You don't like bully pulpit? It's too much. La 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 It's too much. Bully pulpit. Yeah, just. La 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 bully pulpit. La 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 bully pulpit. He doesn't need to use his fucking platform to talk about this. He's using it. Also, he's using it. Yeah. He's using it. <laughs> he's using it. What do you want? You want him to get an airplane out and go and make sky letters? And that's what, what Jen, do you want? That's what Jen Saki should say. Oh, well, Kristen, he's not using his bully pulpit because he'd have to get in a fucking time machine, you <laughs> asshole. God. All for police reform. Is it a missed opportunity? No, oh. well, no. Kristen, he used the opportunity of his oh, joint you. session address, it, which is the highest mm, profile mm, moment. Ooh. Any president of the United States. Yes. Moted. Yes, yes. Moted. She's already motored her right there. As in their first year of office, to call for forward movement on police reform. If you guys could see Jen talking, she is she's incredulous. Honestly, you know, my mouth. She's just like, <sighs> yeah. And she's thinking to her own self. She's like, but Kristen, really? Come on, really, really, Come Kristen. Come the fuck on. Like, what did we? I just saw you five minutes Honestly. ago. Honestly, we 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 got a. We got a creamsicle Starbucks. We're drinking it. We're enjoying ourselves. We watched some Trisha Paytas before yeah. we rolled in. Yeah, like, what is this? I mean, sh- it, it, uh, is it a missed opportunity? Oh, bitch. Oh. But the opportunity that got missed was you asking a real question. That's, there you go. Let me finish to call for the George oh, Floyd Justice Policing there Act. There we go. Pass. There we go. Kristen not Kristen. only said, is it a missed opportunity? Then interrupted. Interrupted. Interrupted Jen. Used the opportunity of his joint session address, which is the highest profile moment any president of the United States has in their first year of office, to call for forward movement on police reform. To call, let me finish, to call for the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act to pass. And we put out a statement today, and he's meeting with the family. Again, I think this is a matter of what we feel is most constructive to move these negotiations forward and to get to the final outcome that everybody who advocates for justice, who advocates for fur reform wants to see, which is signing this bill into law. Are you just so, like you said, are you just so addicted to Trump that you have lost the actual ability to... To understand that this president, this man, this person doesn't have the thirst. He doesn't need to give a press conference every day about what he's doing. Like, he's just doing it. 
Yeah, he doesn't need like, to st- stop all, outside. Are you forgetting this? From the helicopter that he just rolled in from fucking vitiligo <laughs> with his fucking tanning bed goggles face and talk to the reporter screaming over the wind of the helicopter. Yeah, because... But he's doing it. That's the thing. He's working. He, he's working. He's at and, work. And working for it. She just answered Mary Bruce. Exactly. You then asked it again about the bully pulpit. You interrupted. Also, she said in her answer to you that they put out a statement. So you also read a written statement that was put out. And now the bitch is going to double down with another question. She keeps going. She keeps going. Expect to see this bill on his desk. Is it this summer? I'm not here to put a new timeline on it, Kristen. He's encouraged by the statement we saw the negotiators put out yesterday that they feel there is an opportunity for progress, for forward momentum, uh, for forward movement. That's certainly a significant. She's going to ask another one. She's going to ask again. Another one. Congress works very well when they have a deadline. Oh, thanks, Kristen. To be a deadline anywhere as soon as possible. He'd like to sign it together. I can't get it together. He remains closely engaged and closely in touch <laughs> with the negotiators about what is most constructive and what role he Jen can is play like and we can play her, like, uh, to leave the space for them to negotiate daggers. and to move toward a place where he can sign the bill into law. Yeah, following up on Russia. No, no, no. You're going to be doing no more following up, milady. <laughs> you know the answers to these questions. This <laughs> yeah. is so dumb. No, you know what, Kristen? You know what he said? He got Mitch McConnell called him. He went, what's up? On speakerphone while he was eating nuts. What's and up, he was Mitch? Like, what's, what's up, what's Mitch? Mitch M- what can I do M-M. for my brother? What can I do for you? <laughs> and then um, it's like, we need to have a deadline to what you want. You know what? Whenever you want. He just said, whenever. police reform? Are we talking about police reform? Oh, you can just get that. Get that to me whenever you want. I know you guys will never. Act, the Congress is not going to do anything, and you don't actually want a deadline, and you don't follow deadlines. And the only deadline that you do follow is the one that you make yourself, of which you're only going to obstruct everything that I do. But in mean in the meantime, I'd like to have um, whenever you want to have that on my desk is fine. I'm not doing anything. I don't care. It doesn't matter. And best wishes to your wife. Oh. We're about to pass this infrastructure bill, and she never did shit with infrastructure, <laughs> um, except get her family's coke into America. Thank God. Okay, now fa- of course you can't have any press briefing. Without the queen of the douches, okay? And that, of course, is Miss Peter Douchey from Fox News with his typical passive-aggressive shit-stirring shtick. And it's not like we'd expect anything less from Fox News. That is their job, after all. But this queen shows up at every briefing acting like the Crunchwrap captain of all the conservative press corps clowns. And he asks the absolute stupidest shit just to try and get hot sake to crack. And of course she never does. She treats him like he's an annoying friend that her son brought home from school who's asking her stupid questions while she's trying to cook dinner. Thank you, Jen. First on COVID, does President Biden think these theories we hear more about now that COVID-19 may have been man-made and escaped from a lab in China are a wacky conspiracy theory or based on what he has heard and been briefed on, does he think that's possible? Well, we went through this journey together yesterday, so let's do it again. <laughs> Why are you asking this again, Peter? Why are you asking this again, Peter? Uh, so the president believes there needs to be an independent investigation. <laughs> oh, we're not even going to go through the dance. We're not even going to go through the song and fucking dance, okay? And here he is following up with a thirst bucket jizz trap question about violent crime. Again, there's no answer to this, okay? He's just trying to stir up shit 
and man-trapped Jensaki in his thirst maze of jizz, okay? And he's so good at it that he actually manages to trap Jensaki for two seconds before she realizes that she's been blinded by his loads and gets herself out of there. Thank you, and on the rise in violent crime, I, compared to this time last year, homicides up 113% in Minneapolis, up 38% in Philly, up 22% in Chicago. Uh, just to clarify, the White House's position on this is that that is mostly because of guns? Because of guns? No, it's because of flowers. It's because of flowers and everyone's doing great. Everyone has money. Everyone's fine. No one feels bad. Only Everyone guns. has what they want. It's only guns, Peter. It's guns. It's Drive to the border and throw yourself over the border <laughs> wall immediately. I insist. I'm not sure what data you're looking at, but I think what we can, most data that is out there shows that there's actually been a rise in crime over the course of the last year since the start of the pandemic, which actually predates President Biden taking office, to be but totally clear. Right now, you're, right, you're right. You're right. You're right, Peter. And that's why we're we are focused. Well, we're focused. There we go. There was the jizz maze. There it was. There it was. She and she he got her. He got her. Right. He got her to to blame Trump. Right. Who it, 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 and it is his fault because she, he's looking at fucking old data. Mm hmm. He's got the 90s technology right on tap on his stupid ass sprint flip phone <laughs> and he caught her. But she and she's like, you're right. You're right. You're right, Peter. We hate to see it, Mau Mau. We hate to see it. I know. It. And that's the, the it's hard because it's a it's a it's a tough jizz trap because, you know, the Republicans will use the same thing. They'll be like, oh, well, he was in president. Does he deserve the credit? Because they love to do this. It's like, doesn't Trump deserve credit for X, Y, Z? And it's like, but Biden's president, but doesn't Trump deserve the credit? And yet here it's like, well, crime was going up during Trump. Well, Trump's not president now. Yeah. And you know, in all of her training, they tell her, don't yeah, step don't, in it. Don't, don't step don't. in it because they're trying right. to trap you. Yep. And just she just she was fatigued. She, she was, was fatigued. sick of fucking Peter. She was fatigued. Kristen Welker wore her out. Mary yep. Bruce bugging on yep. fucking. And then finally to Peter in the fucking jizz maze. Yep. And she's just like, God damn it. Yeah. I swear she went right out of there and fucking took a swig of her flask <laughs> in her purse because of that. Because of that thing. Okay, so then on Wednesday, we got a taste of some a virgin sake when Karine Jean-Pierre filled in for Jen Saki. There are many reasons why we will be sad to see Jen Saki go, not the least of which is the fact that it took no effort at all to make a witty segment out of her last name. But Jen Saki doesn't care about our laziness, and she made it clear in an interview a couple weeks ago that she only committed to one year as the White House press secretary. So all of the $2 podcasts out there, like ours, living high on the hog of easy Saki jokes, better start preparing for the new sheriff in town. And that lady sheriff's name is Corrine Jean-Pierre. Good luck with making a segment out of that. Hmm. Okay, well... Hmm. We don't know much about Corinne Jean-Pierre, but one thing we do know is that Julie's dad has a low-key crush on her. And if we can nickname Dr. Leon Goldman, we can nickname anyone. Right, ma'am? That's true. That's right. Dr. Guacamole is a serious man. Seriously handsome. Ugh, with serious credentials. Seriously sexy credentials. Okay. <laughs> but he's not just a retired surgeon. He's also a painter, a craftsman, and he knows his way around a delicious salad dip, like his tuna salad, which is the best in New England, if not the entire East Coast. Don't even come for me. I will literally enter his tuna salad into a competition right now. Okay? And his guacamole which he is slowly perfecting with the help of the mocajete that we gifted him last year during quarantine. 
which was also when we gifted him with the glorious, all-encompassing moniker of Dr. Guacamole. Right. But what name will we give to Corrine Jean-Pierre? Well, as you know, I've been calling her Corrine Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yes. But we have at least six more months before Hot Saki quits and hands over the reins. So we have time to think of something good. Maybe she'll get married to Jen Saki's brother and change her name to Kareen Jean Saki. <laughs> and then we can just keep everything the same. Or we could change it to Cold Saki for lunch. But mm. that won't really work because Kareen Jean-Claude Van Damme is just so warm. She re- she really is. Kareen Warm Claude Van Damme. <laughs> That's a, wait, that sounds weird. Yeah, that Kareen sounds... Warm Claude Van Damme. Yeah, <laughs> Kareen no, Warm no, Claude. She's... Warm Claude Van Damme sounds like Warm Claude. Warm Claude Van Damme. She's really like elegant... And ethereal or something. Honestly, like mm. she 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 makes me feel like I'm like I'm like in like I'm in a warm milk bath. I swear well, to God, I think she wants to make you feel like you're <laughs> I, in a warm milk I, bath. I and I do. <laughs> I find it's like really it does. It is warm, Claude Van Damme. I don't know what to say. Like it, it's there's something that's so I don't know. I mean, I hate to me too. Or it's not. It's more of a thing. It's just like it's everything comes together. I just feel like uh, it's like something about her voice mm. and I do have to say she replaced Jen, Jen Saki for this one day and she's the only black woman to hold the White House press briefing in like 30 years or something right yeah the, the first one was like in history was like during the Bush administration and the now Corrine Jean-Pierre is the second and I have to say she was visibly nervous <laughs> like visibly mm-hmm. and at first I was like, "Uh oh, oh, my God. <laughs> but then I really started to like get into it. Mm. And by the end, I, w- I found it so endearing. And I just kept thinking about it afterward. Like I was thinking a lot about it. And I realized like, like one, how much pressure women have to show up and be ready and be confident like at all fucking times. And mm-hmm. and we don't really have the space to like fuck up or utilize a learning curve. Mm-hmm. And I, I've never, I've honestly never really thought about it. Like I, I'm having this dumb realization and I'm thinking like, oh yeah, this all sounds familiar. Like women have so much pressure. Like we always have to be perfect. And it's like, that really did make me realize that. And then you throw in that she's a, a black woman and she's making history and she knows this fucking walking out there. Yeah. There's so much pressure on her shoulders. Yeah. And, and then it really hit me how women and again especially black women have to show up and just do it and they have to do it right and do it perfectly the first fucking time and it's like decades and decades of like pressure to like why should we even think you can even do it like you know if you don't come out there and do it right then you're gonna like fuck i just fucked this up for every other woman or whatever you know it's like it did what it was supposed to do for me i'm like this bitch out here making history on these streets and she's doing it imperfectly and I was so proud of her and I was weirdly like connected to her in this dumbass weird feminist like what am I fucking feminist or what it's like I know that's how feminists feel like I'm like related to her because we're both part of some weird subspecies of being not men and like and then I get even more corny because then I was like so proud of Jojo and Kiki and the entire communications team because they gave this woman their trust and allowed her to be not only talented and good and warm and give me a bath and more milk, <laughs> but imperfect as well. Well, that is a great point. That is a really good point. I think that that's very important for anyone who 
didn't think that way before you said that. I hadn't thought of any of those things. So I appreciate that. Well, speaking of annoying perfect bitches, <laughs> here is Mary Bruce and her annoying perfect pregnant self asking Karine Jean-Pierre to comment on being the first black woman to lead the White House press briefing in 30 years. Can just lastly, a, a sure. bit of a personal question. Yeah, um, yeah, sure. Your presence here today is making history. Uh, you are the first black woman Her to stand behind that podium, speaking on behalf of the president in 30 years. Just wondering if you could share your reflections with us. Well, uh, oh God, Mary, <laughs> don't make us like you. Thank you for the question. Um, you know, it's it's a real honor to be standing, uh, to just be standing here today. It, it doesn't... Um, Get that warm milk bath. I'm telling. She has a nice voice. Oh, she was, she, she probably... You know, not to me too, anyone, yeah, or to ha- put we, I'm to sorry, insert but a we me have too. To. <laughs> but, you know, we don't know. Kareen could be like, Mary, let me run you a bath, and hey, you never know. It's the way I feel. <laughs> I want her to draw me a warm bath. It, you know, it, it, the, I Kareen Jean Pierre turning nature. bitches really in the press corps. Uh, but I, I believe that, uh, you know, being behind, being behind this podium, uh, being in this room, uh, being in this building is not about one person. It's about, you know, what we do on behalf of the American people. Um, clearly, the president believes in, in representation matters, um, and I appreciate him giving me this opportunity. Uh, and it's, a, it's another reason why I think we are all so proud that this is the most diverse administration in history. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, this is not about me. This is not about any of us. And, I, you know, anytime I'm behind here, and I think you've heard Jen say this as well, uh, we are going to be truthful. Uh, we're going to we we're going to be transparent, uh, and that's the way I believe the president would want us to communicate to the American people. Thank you for the question. So here's Mary Bruce again asking a question about the shooting in San Jose. Who cares? Until everyone in America gets shot, Congress is never going to do anything about gun control. The important thing about this clip is how long it takes Kareen Van Dam to find the page in the book about the shooting. She pretty much looks through the whole entire book twice. Um, has the president been briefed yet this morning on the shooting in San Jose, California, and any other details you can share with us? Who may have briefed him? Here we go. Okay. <laughs> Give me one second. Oh, it's genius. I'm obsessed with it. So the White House... I feel like she, at one point, (laughs) she almost goes to a different book. It's so good. It's just amazing. Like, Kareen, fucking you rule. Uh. Fucking love you. (laughs) Fucking love her. Okay, so as much as we love them, we're not going to play a montage of Kareen Van Dam's funny newbie moments because, quite frankly, there were just too many (laughs) and we aren't going to do our girl like that. But... They were all so cute and funny, and we enjoyed every second of them. And we also aren't going to play a montage of Kareen Van Dam owning the reporters. Because weirdly, she never did. Which sucked because, one, we need her to justify being called Kareen Jean-Claude Van Dam, And two, she's responsible for the butchest owning in the history of ownings when she stood up in a bodycon dress and used nothing but her body and a microphone to block a nasty Q-Nani who jumped on stage to accost Kamala Harris at an event in 2019. 
which we have highlighted on this podcast before. And you know that was the moment that Kamala Harris decided yep. to hire Kareen Van Dam. <laughs> she immediately got a WAP and said to herself, if I ever become president, I'm fucking hiring this bitch. And that's exactly what she did. Uh, and I'm quite sure that was the moment WAP got written into the stars. <laughs> yes, it's like, exactly. One day, Cardi B was just like, Pfft, yeah, wherever fucking Megan the Stallion was like somewhere in Houston, like, what the fuck? I'm right. Uh-huh. Somehow this just came to me. <laughs> yes, yes. Karine Jean-Pierre's butch bodyguard stylings of that day are so legendary that I wanted to see her answering questions with hardcore Peggy Davis eyes. But she took a totally different approach, and it was actually cool because she seemed so honest. As much as we love the hot sake, and we fucking love hot sake, (laughs) these White House reporters are so goddamn annoying that the atmosphere in the room inevitably turns adversarial with all the press secretaries, and Jen Psaki is not an exception but Karine Jean-Pierre has not been rubbed raw by them yet. So she never responded in a way that felt anything but absolutely truthful and transparent. And to round out this overly long, you know, special. Se- yeah. <laughs> special edition of hot sake filled with unrelated and very tragic <laughs> diatribes. Uh, I think that it's important to, to hear Karine Jean-Pierre disarm these shithead reporters with her Captain Obvious kindness. Thank you, uh, welcome. Um, oh, thank I wanted you. to follow up a little bit on, on Phil's question, what had changed on the COVID, uh, on the China lab situation and some of the other questions as well. It seems to me, despite your response- So you're gonna follow up on two other people? Okay, okay. Now watch him go on and on and on and on. Phil, that it's clear that at least two things have changed, right? One right. is that Jen, uh, spent much of the last week oh, uh, in response to these questions focusing entirely on international investigations led by the WHO. And it seems like it has, there has been a change. There also seems like there's been a change in the president's view of the possibility of a lab accident. I mean, this the statement seems I to elevate that I see people like gray hair growing out of people's head in the back. My beard <laughs> you know, not saying that, that, it, that it's certain, but that it at least deserves, has the credence that deserves a kind of full full investigation. And so I guess trying to get at the question some others have asked is like, what has changed in those two things? Why, what was it that brought the president and this White House to a different place now? I think Yamiche Alcindor fell asleep. <laughs> that it's been even just- no, I don't blame her. I mean, Michael, I would say to you, this is something that was ongoing, right? This was, this, this is something that has been going on um, since March. Uh, so this is not a change. This is uh, this is uh, you know something like I said that's been ongoing. What has changed is he wants to give another another 90 days uh, to dig a little deeper, to double down. Uh, I see to double down their efforts, and that is what he's asking for. Um, but you know, I said this earlier. You know, the the key. There's a key. I I I, I, I said this earlier. I mean, I, I've already answered it two times, and you talked for 25 minutes and then asked the same exact question that two people before you literally asked. Exactly that same, same thing. Exact question. And WHO doing their thing and the IC uh, doing what they're doing currently it is not mutually exclusive, right? This is something that could happen at the same time. Um, and so, you know, at, at the end of the day, we are committed to throwing everything we have at this pandemic, both domestically and internationally. Uh, that's why we've been so strong at ensuring that the WHO gets what it needs for a thorough independent investigation. And that's why we're also devoting U.S. resources to learn more about it. 
I just I won't I don't want to beat the dead horse. It's not. Fair. I think but you do. I think you do. I think you have a hammer and a sledgehammer and two double hammers, and you're asking the hammer the same question that you're asking her, and the and and, and then you're beating the horse with it. Exactly. Why was this White House so dismissive of the idea of a of a of a, when of were a they independent I mean, of a, a U.S. led investigation if yep. the president was already interested in that kind of investigation before that that seems no, but to I, be I, I mean michael i get your question you know you you've been doing this longer than many of us um as you know we and there's a glimpse of mm-hmm. what we're in for well you we don't speak about every everything exactly. that's being reviewed you know especially as something like this that was actually classified um and it takes time to declassify something so that we can uh share with all of you uh so that's part of it as as well we're talking about classified like you know bro we're talking like about something exactly that inter- you exactly. fucking know and sorry Why? we're not trump we're not gonna come out with no actual factual data and then use words that I'm not, I mean, you know, we're not, yeah. we can't say, which then stir people up into a frenzy to make them go beat Asian people up on the That's street. Right. So we're not going to do that. And so now we've got covert agents in there doing a fucking investigation that we're not going to tell you about. Right. Exactly. Dick. And it's that Captain Obvious kindness, mm, you know, mm, mm, she, mm, it, mm. she's. I can't wait till she snaps. It's going to be good. Well, until then. Maybe her name will be Corinne Jean-Claude Van Kindness. <laughs> now it's time for So There's That. All right, so this is the part of the show where Julie has to find a so there's that moment that's happening because of or in spite of the diarrhea toilet Republicans and the ignorant Facebook Fox News army that follows them. America is filled to the brim with corrupt corporate cocksuckers from Jeff Bezos to Bill Gates, sociopaths who amassed their fortune by exploiting the bureaucratic barf bag of the United (laughs) States government. And yes, I did include Bill Gates, so suck (laughs) it. Which in turn gave birth to 70 million broke, paranoid assholes who mistrust the government so much that they stormed the Capitol in the name of ridiculous blood-sucking conspiracy theories. The entire situation is depressing and unbelievable, and the government finally admitting that they lied about the existence of aliens and UFOs (laughs) for the last 60 years isn't helping. Mm -hmm. But luckily, we've got Julie here every week to help us pretend that things in America aren't actually getting worse. (laughs) So tell us, Meow Meow, what is your so there's that for this week? Okay, we've never had this discussion before, you and I, us in the group, whatever. But one of my fears in life is that I get arrested and taken into interrogation where the police proceed to make up stories about how they saw me on a video bashing in the windows of various guys' cars. Then they tell me my friend, you, has come in and given a statement and that you corroborated their story. And all I need to do now is to confess And as I sit there trying to think of how, how, using only my bare hands, can I rip the policeman's dicks off and then throw them at a murder of crows flying by? I think you could easily do that. (laughs) I think that'd be something that physically would be very easy for you. Do you mean just in that room or through their pants or without getting in more trouble? All of it. Okay. All of it. I have to use myself, my, how am I going to use these hands to rip dicks out? Now. I think we know, though, literally how you would use your hands to rip dicks off. 
I think it'd be quite easy for you. Do you just pull or do you have to wrap and pull? I don't know. (laughs) But (laughs) there's that I'm thinking because one, obviously their, their arrogance and entitlement will literally drive me to a level of insanity only possessed people feel. And two, I can't focus on the fact that my best friend would rat me out to the popo. Awful. I know. And they do that to people. And since I know you wouldn't do that, I just know they're lying. Or did they see me on video because I would totally have yeah. done those things. And you blacked out. <laughs> they convince you that you blacked out or right. something. Now. That's a good fear. Now, it could it could be all those things because any of those things that I just mentioned, I am capable of doing. That's a good legitimate fear. Thank you. In addition to the other weird police daydreams I have, I also like have nightmares about getting forgotten in prison and making shivs out of my own underwear and tampons. But that sounds fun. I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now I get physically adrenalized thinking about police lying to people in interrogations. And I, I just, and I only even know they do that from watching cop shows and listening to stories. Uh, and documentaries or, right, and truth right. and biographies <laughs> and news and the world and reality. And we know that they do that because it's like their life's blood. We just all know, okay? <laughs> and we know that if we do get dragged into an interrogation, we don't say anything, we say nothing. When we go into that clink-clink room, just ask for a lawyer, no matter how much they manipulate you, and play to your vulnerability and fear. And I love that Amanda Knox is a drug addict now. Quick side note, oh. uh, my friend is in development, and you know her, and they did a show that never went mm. where they would people would agree to this like sort of like a crazy prank i don't know how they pitched it to the actual people but and they would get they would agree to do this thing and they wouldn't know when or where it would happen or what it would be but they were gonna then they would grab them off the street there was a whole sizzle reel for it and they would take them into a police thing and then they would show how the police will convince an innocent person and make them confess Right. And I saw the sizzle reel and it was so fucking compelling. Wow. I couldn't believe that it didn't get picked up. I can't believe that anyone who would agree to do that wouldn't be traumatized for the rest of their lives. Which is probably why they can't every network was like, I'm not trying to get sued. Because <laughs> exactly. like Amanda Knox, full drug addict now. Yes. Because that happened to her. Uh, exactly. Well, I never understood how or why that's allowed. <laughs> why is that allowed? Why is it? Le- Isn't this against the law what you're doing? <laughs> yes. Arrest yourself. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. 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 You can't lie, but they can lie to you all day long. It just doesn't seem legal. But <laughs> I looked it up and it is. It's Awful. legal, legal, legal. It's a legal, lawful tactic. And it's actually called the read technique. They're going to tell you that I confess something or that I did something I didn't do. In order to get you to admit? Yes. That is illegal. That's a thing that they do. The read technique is a system of interrogation. I'm reading you the exact definition. The read technique is a system of interrogation that is intended to induce criminal suspects to admit to crimes. And many law enforcement agencies around the world use it. It often involves the interviewer lying to the suspect in order to gain trust or influence them to believe that confession is his or her best option. Fortunately, this is why we need our attorneys present and we all go, I want a lawyer. And they go, oh, man, because now they can't lie to you. Oh, they can't do the read if your lawyer's there? No. Oh. So always ask for a lawyer. Now, proponents of the read technique say it's useful, of course, in eliciting 
information and confessions and blah, 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 blah. And of from course, innocent people, probably. Exactly. And critics say like, no, you, you get an unacceptable high rate of false confessions. And this is, we have the data for it. There are too many false confessions under these conditions. It's ridiculous. They could literally say to someone that their kid and then you said, do you want us, your kid is yep. going to get fucking arrested for it. giving a false statement to the cops. Is mm-hmm. that what you want? And somebody's like, oh my God, my son said mm-hmm. I did that. I'm not going to have my son. I don't know why I'm making it a son. I'm not going to have my daughter arrested. Horrifying. Because you, Horrifying. that is against the law to give a fake statement Correct. to the police. Correct. Exactly. And that's, oh, how they, exactly. that's how they threaten Then them. there's that too. Exactly. Well. Now I doubt you'd be like, I'm not going to have Brandy arrested. Like, do you want us to arrest your friend? You'd be like. Uh, no, no but i'm not i didn't do that but if they get you with your kid there's no or, or you're like your mo- mother or you know what i mean like so now imagine them doing this to kids and imagine them doing it to people who are mentally impaired okay there's no way they're not going to get anything they want from a kid or for somebody who's mentally impaired such as myself so this is horrifying and has been the read technique has been used since or was developed i should say in like the 40s and 50s and he's an actual guy john e reed he used the technique (laughs) stop john e reed used the technique in 1955 he got a confession out of a guy who killed his wife and then he went on to teach the technique to a bunch of other lying ass fucks and of course the technique of lying and manipulating people by law enforcement or lawyers grew like wildfire the reed technique was trademarked in in 2014 and it's used worldwide okay now, we all know what the, you know, the pros and cons are, whatever. I, I can't, it's, it, just think of how it's making you feel right now. It's like you want to, you, you, you want to rip your skin off. Well, Illinois just banned or okayed a ban on police deceit in juvenile interrogations. Last week, Illinois became the first state to ban lying to youth during interrogations. At least it's a start. And just think about that. Here's an excerpt from U.S. News and World Report. Though few Americans realize it, police regularly deceive suspects during questioning to try to secure confessions from saying DNA placed them at the scene of a crime to claiming eyewitnesses identified them as being the perpetrator. Oh, my God. Detectives also can lie about the consequences of confessing, saying, for instance, that admitting responsibility is a quick ticket home. Minors who have been found to be two to three times more likely to confess to crimes they didn't commit are especially vulnerable to such pressure tactics, said Laura Nereider, co-director of the Center of Wrongful Convictions at Northwestern University, Pritzker School of Law. Well, that sounds like a fake name. She (laughs) does. And just like we learned from Eric Kadora of the Justice Mapping Project, convictions and imprisonment is the intent and lying apparently is just a way of getting them there. Well, Illinois said no. And the most remarkable thing of all of this is that the bill and the push for police reform, I would call this, was by a Republican. Oh, Republican leader Jim Durkin, who tried hundreds of criminal cases when he was a Chicago prosecutor, helped propel the bill to pass with near unanimous bipartisan support in both houses. See, it can be done. Quote, I'll never be accused of being soft on crime, but I'm more interested in seeking the truth than a conviction, he said. I believe in fair play. We should never tolerate under any circumstance the use of deception to seek a statement or an admission by any defendant, let alone a juvenile. You got to give credit where credit's due. I'm sure he put a lot, a lot, a lot of people away with their statements. I'm I'm sure he can't sleep at night and good. He shouldn't. Exactly. 
Well, now Oregon and New York are considering similar legislation. And I have to think California has got to be on that list. I mean, come on, Gav. Like, California should be right on there. Gavi, where are you, Gavin? <laughs> yeah. Come on. I just love this. It's small, but it's big. It shows heart and morality, respect and courage. And I'm honestly shocked it started with a Republican, which I think that's great, too. These jobs are hideous, and I don't want to take away from that. Sitting with people in interrogations and trying to eke out the truth. Not in stupid robberies or dumb shit, who cares? But murders and rapes and abuse. It's just got to take a toll on police and lawyers, and I feel them on that. But like Durkin said, you need the truth. Because it shouldn't be about convictions, it should be about justice. Illinois, hopefully, will be just the first in a domino effect of all 50 states. But until then, I have to say... Illinois just got a whole lot more attractive to move to and get arrested in. So there's that. Okay, that's it for this episode of Dumb Gay Pandemic Politics. Thank you guys for listening to our stupid podcast. We love and appreciate all 14 of you so much. If you're new here and you like us, but you'd rather not hear about politics, please consider checking out our Patreon podcast. Our Patreon podcasts are completely different than this one. There's no politics, no ads, no structure, no rules, and best of all, no pressure to join the Patreon. But if you're like reviewer 998125656999 dumb whore who's entitled to and rightly demands ultimate consistency on a free podcast that they don't pay for, please know that on our Patreon podcasts, you only pay for podcasts that we post. Your pledge is to pay per podcast. So you, again, you only pay for shows that we post. It's not set up as a monthly subscription where you are charged regardless of if we post a podcast or not now to be fair we don't commit to which day the <laughs> podcasts are released but we do do two a week every week but unfortunately they're not free no that's true but it's only a dollar you get one podcast a week for one dollar and two podcasts a week for two dollars and when you sign up you will immediately get access to our huge back catalog which has hundreds of hours of stupid stress-free ad-free podcasts podcasts that are right at your fingertips whenever you want them you don't have to wait for our trivial life dramas and conflicts in fact you don't even have to wait to sign up if you want to hear one now to see what it's like before you commit we have a free one posted that anyone can listen to anytime just go to patreon.com slash politics and scroll down to the locked podcasts until you get to the one called windows up sing time and then just press play you can listen to the whole hour right there from your phone or computer you don't have to download anything or sign up for anything and as always it's been real and it's been fun but mostly it's been gay and it has been dumb and late per usual <laughs> how'd you do i see you've met my faithful hand in hand He's just a little broad dime because when you knocked, he thought you were the candy man. Don't get strung up by the way I look. Don't judge a book by its cover. I'm not much of a man by the light of day, but by night I'm one hell of a lover. 
I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania <laughs> Let me show you a rhyme Maybe play you a sign You look like you're both pretty groovy Or if you want something visual That's not too abysmal We could take in an old Steve Reeves movie I'm glad we caught you at home Could we use your phone? We're both in a bit of a hurry Right We'll just say where we are Then go back to the car We don't want to be any worry Well, you got caught with a flat world How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic By the light of the night It'll all seem all right I'll get you a satanic mechanic I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania <laughs> Why don't you stay for the night? Night Or maybe a bite Night I could show you my favorite obsession I've been making a man With blonde hair and a tan And he's good for relieving my tension I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania <laughs> hey, hey, I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania So, come up to the lab and see what's on the slab. I see you shiver with anticipation. But maybe the rain is really to blame. So I'll remove the cause. <laughs> But not the symptom. 